hold other people accountable to it. Instead of just looking for a savior, looking for a Republican savior, looking for a Democrat savior. I'm going to break something to you. Nobody's going to save us but us. The individual, we the people. That's the only way this country gets back on track. We start by voting and electing people that aren't lifelong politicians, that have our best interests in mind. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Uncommon Podcast with B-Pop and Duff. Duff, what's up, brother? Ready to start some fires. Let's do it. Well, hey, before we do that and kick this off, let's uh, send a special thank you and shout out, like we do every episode, to all of our first responders, frontline workers, military, as well as veterans that serve this great country. Without everything you do, we could not do what we do. So from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you so much for everything that you sacrifice and put in to allow us to live the lives we do. Absolutely. And we say it on every episode, but if there's anything we can do to support you or a cause you're involved with, please let us know. Absolutely. All right, man. So let's uh, start some fires. What do you want to talk about today? I want to talk about Biden. FJB. We're going to move into some of this Ukraine nonsense that's coming up right now, but I wanted to start off with this first clip. Not even his press secretary really knows that she works for him. Told me that you said you might be retiring and resigning the job this year. Say it isn't so. Is it true? I, you know, I, I don't know when I'm leaving. Uh, this is an honor and a privilege, and I love working for President Ob- President Biden every single day. I love spending. <laughs> you know, man, here's the deal, bro. President Obama, Obama, Obama. You know, here's the deal, man. The truth ultimately wants to come out. That's what that's what's going on. Okay. Anybody that thinks good old senile Joe is running this country. You got nothing coming. Okay. He's, he, he's a figurehead. He's, you know, there's a puppet master behind the scenes. And I don't know if uh, you saw this clip, but Obama was being interviewed on one of the, the late night shows. I don't know if it was Stephen Colbert or Jimmy Kimmel or whatever. And he said that in a perfect world, he actually said this and it was supposed to be a funny skit. But again, the truth wants to come out. Obama said on one of the late night TV show interviews that in a perfect world, he could be president from behind the scenes and run the country from his basement. That's probably what's happening here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because there's so many greedy assholes with their hands in the pot right now, you know, between Pelosi and everybody else. And, you know, I don't know who's pulling the strings, but the, I mean, there's just been so much going on this last, his first year, like the whole first year has been nothing but turmoil. And everybody wants to say, oh, it's a pandemic. No, it's not just a pandemic. It was Afghanistan. It was vaccine mandates. It's openly going against the Constitution on multiple occasions telling people don't listen to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. Like when you govern that way, man, I'll let you go into it. How many executive orders do you think he's up to by now? Just take a wild stab. I don't even know. Well, I'm looking it up right now. We may have to cut some of this out, but I'm looking this up right now. I'll I'll fill the gap here. But, you know, I just... I listened to a Tim Pool podcast, so this is where this is coming from. So shout out to Tim Pool. He'll never hear our podcast, but he's a great, you know, podcaster. And he brought up, you know, there was a episode he just had. I highly recommend everybody go listen to. It's called World War Three, and he is explaining how us preparing to send fifty thousand troops to support NATO for Ukraine. How crazy this is, and how 
with our border being how it is, how weak the internals of our country are, and China starting to send bomber flights over Taiwan. Like, if you don't think that we're, we may be seriously on the brink of war now, Ukraine's claiming it's not imminent, but yet they, they're telling every single American in that country, you should get the hell out. Okay, so here's on this website, presidency.uscb.edu shows Biden in his very first year, one year, has signed 78 executive orders. Now, October of 2020, before the election, he did a town hall interview with George Stephanopoulos. And he said on that interview with George Stephanopoulos, he will not govern by executive order. We have a democracy and we don't govern by executive order, trying to throw Donald Trump under the bus. What's he doing his very first year? 78 executive orders. This hypocrite, complete and utter hypocrite. And just at the front end of this, if you didn't listen to, I don't remember how far back it would be when this episode gets released, but we're not Trumpers. No. We We've openly said right now, I'd say the best ticket that could come out in 2024, and you stole it from me, was Ron DeSantis running with Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. That would be the best ticket in the world totally for, for everybody. Yep. It would hit all the boxes. You'd have uh, differing of opinion in the administration. You'd have logical opinions in the administration. And you'd have a younger demographic run in the White House that we are desperately in need of. You know, here, here's the f- hypocrisy of all this shit, right? You've got Pelosi, McConnell, Schumer, Biden, all talking about racism being the number one issue, right? Voter suppression. They're trying to take the vote away from the minorities and the black community. These are all the same people that were around in the 60s during the civil rights era championing the Jim Crow laws. Same people. Was he around when redlining was going on? Yes, in the 80s, Okay. It's time we get these old crusty shits out of politics and get people in politics that have our best interests in mind. Okay. These lifelong politicians, you know, we're going to do probably a a midterm election episode because I think that's important, you know, as we get a little further along. I think we should get together on the night of the vote. Oh, shit. And do and a live should, reaction? We should do a live reaction. Maybe have Travis and, Nicole and Jeremy in or a couple people and we'll we, just react to it at your house. How about that? Yeah, we very well could. But here's the thing, okay? These old crusty little, these old crusty fucks, they don't have anybody's best interest in mind, okay? Nobody's. And on this note, and I got a rant here for just a moment, okay? Biden's talking about how, you know, the voter suppression is real and the Republicans want to strip the right to vote away from from certain population in the country. Here's the thing. If you have to have an identification to buy a six-pack of beer, you got to have identification to buy a pack of cigarettes. You got to have identification to buy a house. You got to have identification to open up a checking account. You got to have identification to drive a car. You got to have identification to walk into Costco. Why is it so difficult to prove that you are a U.S. citizen to vote? Why is that racist? It's not. You have to have identification in some cities to show that you've taken a fucking experimental vaccine. That's not racist, but proving that you're an American citizen to vote is? Give me a break. And this idea that Biden keeps floating around that, well, black people don't know where the DMV is. They can't, they, they can't get an ID. How racist are you to say that? Like, that's racist in and of itself, okay? The other hypocrisy of this, Biden supposedly got the most votes in American history at 80, what, 81 million, 83 million? I think it was 83. Something, doesn't matter. 
we already said 100, 150 million votes came in. There was only 133 million registered voters at the time. Right. So he got the most votes supposedly in U.S. history, and there's voter suppression. Think about that for a moment. How is there voter suppression if he supposedly got the most votes in U.S. history? Why does the voting system need to be revamped if it was good enough to get him elected? Well, let's just well, be- time out. If it was good enough to get him installed, that's the better way to put it. Well, let's just put it this way. You know, the, we've harped on the schooling system for a long time. I remember going through school and then projecting onto me the importance of going and voting. We don't do that anymore. Right. We don't tell our kids to go vote, whether regardless of party, right? But yet you want to teach all this other crazy nonsense bullshit in our schools anymore, you know? And, and we, we're not teaching the fundamental values of American principles, dude. That's right. And that's when I'm having problems. So I have a question for you. Biden was so hell-bent on abruptly pulling troops out of Afghanistan. Why is he toying with the idea of going to war in Ukraine? Your, your opinion. My opinion. My sole opinion. Okay? It's no secret that the Biden family has had ties to Burisma, which is an energy company in Ukraine. There's, it's no secret. That's, that's fully known. Okay? Hunter Biden was making almost a million dollars a year on the board of Burisma when he's got no background in energy. He's got no background in oil. He's got no background in running a company at all, but he's worth a million dollars a year when Biden was vice president during Obama. Okay. His laptop goes, well, it didn't go missing. He got high as fuck and left it at a computer repair shop and forgot about it. And I'm going to tell you my opinion on that, but finish your thought. Okay. And there's receipts on the laptop showing he's still getting money from this Ukrainian energy company, even up to the point that his dad gets elected, gets installed. I should, I got to quit saying elected up to the point his dad gets installed as president. Okay. I'm talking, I just said all these crusty old fucks, they're claiming to end racism when they were part of the racist problem back in the fifties and sixties and seventies. Okay. And even Biden up to the eighties and nineties. I think Biden still has a hard-on for Russia from the Cold War era, is what I personally think. I honestly think he might think it's 1985. He don't know where the fuck he is anyway, okay? He is hell-bent on going to war with Russia for what purpose? There's a financial gain that him and his family have. I'm convinced of it. This is my opinion. I don't have any facts on this. This is my opinion. But he is hell-bent on going to war with Russia in Ukraine, and the only thing that I can come up with is it's about money and profit for his family with the ties to the energy companies in Ukraine. That's what it boils down to. First thing, with the Hunter Biden laptop, I think he left it there purposefully because I think the investigation was coming down. So I want to I paint this picture for everybody why I think this. Again, for everybody out there, I'm a simple person. Okay, Everything is very simple to me. When I was a narcotics detective, we would go do surveillance. Okay, They'd have a kid... Or usually it was under 18. If they were dumb, they were adults and they would slang dope on the corner. But most of those guys are in cars and, you know, driving around. But let's hypothetically say he was just a kid. But they'll put a kid out on the corner, okay, and the stash is hidden around the corner. Like in a drain pipe or, you know, in in somewhere that you wouldn't expect to find it, okay? You come up, the buyer, purchaser of the drugs would come up, hand them the money. The kid disappears around the corner. He reappears, puts something in the person's hand, mm-hmm. and then the transaction's complete. Why do they do that? So that way, if I come up as a police officer and I clip them doing that transaction, I don't get the entire stash. Or 
if I just get the buyer because it's in the buyer's possession at that point, and he doesn't tell me that that guy just sold it to me, mm-hmm. I can't arrest that guy. Yep. Right. I think the laptop was very similar to that when they when he got wind. If you can stand there and try to tell me with all the connections that these corrupt assholes have that he didn't get tipped off that they were going to start looking into this, you're out of your mind. You're crazy. Because mm-hmm. even when I was looking at getting an internal affairs complaint when I was a cop, I knew weeks before the complaint actually, you know, got filed and everything else that I was that I was probably going to have a complaint coming in. Right. It's courtesy, right? Mm-hmm. In whatever profession. Okay, but I think he dropped that laptop off for repairs, quote unquote, and never went to pick it back up because he was distancing himself from that laptop. He did he knew it was dropped off in 2017. I don't remember exactly when the investigation or the, you know, ever everything really kind of started, but I know that it was over a year later. So you're gonna leave your laptop at a uh, laptop repair place for you're over a with year. The geek squad. <laughs> for over a year and not even call about it? Right. Doesn't make any sense, right? Either so that's my really, really jacked up, or you're really stupid. So here's could have been both. And here's another clip. So this is, uh, I don't know. This is on Rumble from the Gateway Pundit, but it says, "Whoa, Jen, pa- Jen Saki gets irate when asked about Hunter Biden laptop and Biden family corruption." Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Jen. Uh, the Biden administration today put out a big report about addressing corruption. I want to ask you two quick and hopefully pretty easy questions about that. Uh, Shortly after President Biden's uh, virtual meeting with the Chinese president, uh, the first son's attorney said that he has finally divested from a Chinese investment fund controlled by state-owned entities. I was hoping you could commit to uh, basic transparency about that transaction, including the name of the buyer, the dollar amount, and the timing. And the second question is, my colleague Miranda Devine has a new book out called uh, The Laptop from Hell. And I was hoping that you could confirm that the laptop is indeed authentic um, and not Russian disinformation, as you seem to suggest on Twitter last year. Well, uh, on the first, uh, the president's son is not an employee of the federal government, so I'd point you to his representatives. And as it relates to the book, I have neither, neither had the time nor interest in exploring or reading the book. Go ahead, the Tina. Attorney go ahead, Tina. I, I think I answered your question. Go ahead. You, you can go to the representative of the person who's not an employee of the federal government. Go ahead, Tina. I think we have to move on. Go ahead. Funny how she sidesteps that, right? She shut that down rather quickly. One other point that I want to, you didn't bring up about Hunter Biden getting his payments. Daddy was on the account that the money was going directly into. You know mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah. So he had access to those accounts. Now I don't know if anything ever got pulled out or anything. I'm not I'm not speculating on that. But all I'm saying is, is in our business, both of our businesses, mm-hmm. we have our licenses revoked and possibly looking at criminal charges when you commingle money. Right. Why, as a whatever, 30, 40-plus-year-old man, do you need daddy's name on your bank account. Rules for thee and not for me, my friend. That's why. Do you have your parents on your bank account still? No. You don't have them as a co-signer? No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, these dots don't line up. And just like we talk about the COVID stuff, and I don't want to get into COVID on this one, but, you know, just like the COVID stuff, the dots don't line up. Well, When you start making excuses for these people, this is what happens. Right. When you start saying, well, you know, Hunter didn't have anything to do. He wasn't an employee of the federal government. Well, what about his dad that was employed by the federal government at the time and he had a commingling accounts with his dirty-ass son? What about all the Trump kids that were lambasted through the media between 2016 and 2020? None of them were employees of the federal government. Not one of them. 
Okay. If Donald Trump Jr. or Eric Trump would have done a quarter of what Hunter Biden has shown to do on that laptop, you, you, we'd all think the world was ending with the way the media would handle it. Instead, the media swept it under the rug, act like it didn't happen. And you know, the Bidens right now are playing a real dangerous game because we've gone through COVID. The military basically, I shouldn't say basically, the military has booted out honorably or dishonorably Plenty of soldiers, I don't know the I don't know the amount, I don't know the percentage, but there's been plenty of soldiers been kicked out of the military for not accepting or not taking their experimental gene therapy, okay? Facts. We now have the CIA doing woke commercials talking about how woke they are, right? Our country You have, you have the military doing TikTok. Yeah, military now is doing TikTok videos talking about how inclusive they are. We are at the weakest our nation has ever been. And yet you're picking a fight with two of the most powerful countries in the world in Russia and China. You know, we still have this thing going on over in Taiwan. You know, my biggest concern, my biggest concern is if things actually pop off with Ukraine or in Ukraine with the U.S. and Russia, what would stop China from just going over and attacking Taiwan? Nothing. Okay. Do you realize what would happen if Taiwan got attacked? Our economy effectively shuts down. Here's why our economy effectively shuts down. Everything's made in Taiwan. <laughs> what was that? No, every, real quick. Every, hold on. Go ahead. Every <laughs> microprocessor or every microchip that goes into any computer device we use, phone, vehicle, whatever, they're made in Taiwan. What was that Armageddon where he goes, Russian components, American components, all made in Taiwan. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay. Think about it. Think about the disaster this would be. Okay. If all of a sudden we get so thinned out and so spread thin between Ukraine and then China, what would North Korea do at that point? What would Iran do at that point? Oh no, it's open season, dude. It's open season. We've clearly have showed our allies or our, our used to be allies. We have no fucking backbone the way we, we stranded everybody in Afghanistan. Do you think our allies are going to sit there and stand arm in arm with us on all these fronts? No way. I'm glad you brought up the tech censorship. I want to play this clip by Joe Rogan real quick. And uh, he's just talking about, you know, them censoring the laptop story to make sure that Donald Trump didn't get elected. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, well, real quick, before, before you bring that up, that was actually talked about in the time magazine article that I brought up last February, February, 2021, which was the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. And just for everybody, I'm going to go, I'm going to go find that because we've referenced it several times on here. I'm going to go find that. I'm going to post it to our Facebook page and I'm going to put it in the show notes. I'm going to put the link down there. Cause I want everybody to have access to it and not have to dig for it. You know, not everybody has time to dig. So I'm going to put that on our Facebook page and I'll also put it in the show notes down here, but real quick, let me get this clip by Joe Rogan. It's contributing to today's uh, infatuation with conspiracy theories is that some of them are real. That's one of the things that drives these QAnon people crazy. Like for instance, like when the Hunter Biden laptop story gets censored by Twitter and they, they won't allow the New York Post's link to the article to be posted on Twitter because there's a concern that people, because this was right before the election, yes, right. people would read into this and decide to re-elect Trump. And that's a real conspiracy. That's real. I, I guess. I mean, it was a, you know, a ham-fisted move, um, but it wasn't the kind of 
diabolical conspiracy involving hundreds or thousands of people keeping an amazing secret, like, for example, if the if the Twin Towers were demolished by right. implosion. On, I mean, that's it's a different order of conspiracy. It is, but it is a conspiracy. There's clearly a bunch of people that conspired to keep evidence from the general public. They wanted to make sure that evidence wasn't easily distributed. I think that pretty much sums it up, right? We've talked about the censoring and all the issues with social media. Again, I don't want to get rehash all the stuff that we just talked about over the last couple episodes, mm -hmm. but you know, it's, it's the truth. I mean, it happened. Right. And if you're okay with it, you know, they're asking the, the attorney general right now is wanting to censor Joe Rogan more <laughs> of the United States. Uh, no, no, the surgeon general, a oh, surgeon general. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you and I talked about that a minute ago. You know, the Surgeon General says, well, we need to cut off his platform. We need to censor him. Hey, I got an idea. I don't know his name, Mirth, Mirthe or Mirth or whatever. I don't know his name. How about you try to, how about you put an invite out to Joe Rogan to have you on his podcast and maybe you can put your side of the story out and maybe debate, debate you and he can ask you questions because he doesn't debate anybody. He literally asks people questions and let the, lets the people talk. He's the best interviewer of our lifetime. Okay. So if you think what he's saying or what his guests are saying is wrong, how about you grow some balls, get on his podcast and maybe educate somebody as to why they're wrong. You're not going to do that. You know why you're not going to do that? Because you know for a fact that what they're saying on his podcast is true. And you're the one that's full of shit. So the best way to do it is to say, oh, Spotify needs to take him off. That worked real well for Neil Young. Neil Young came out. For anybody out there that don't know, Neil Young was a, a rocker back in the 60s and 70s. He was did a lot of protest songs, you know, had a couple good songs. Comes out the, earlier this week and says, Spotify... You either take down Rogan or you can take me off your platform. Spotify says, okay, see ya. They're not dumb. The Hollywood Reporter on Twitter right now, Spotify removing Neil Young's music after Joe Rogan ultimatum. Right. Now, Neil Young, maybe in the 1970s when you were at the height of your game, you might have had some influence. Now, the best day, your best days are behind you. I listened to your most recent album. It sucks. Sorry to tell you, but you don't have the influence you once did. No, not at all. And, you know, the thing is, is you were wanted, you said, you know, go on Joe Rogan's podcast and, and do all that. Just tell the truth. Yeah. Hey, why, that's a, this is a novel idea. Here's a novel idea. You represent the people. You were elected by the people of this country. How about you tell them the fucking truth? Right. That's the most simple answer, dude. And I, right. I talked about this with my grandma the other day about a personal matter, right? Like, why do, are we so far away from the truth and so far into everybody's goddamn feelings? Why? Why is the truth so bad? Because it screws our narrative. Here's another idea. You know, I, I talked about the dangers of the whole Ukraine situation with China, North Korea, and all that. Do you think, you know, a lot of the COVID stuff is unraveling, Right. The vaccine stuff is unraveling because it's pretty well known now that the vaccine does not work as planned and as advertised. Okay. Simply does not. Now they're talking about bringing out a whole new vaccine specific to the Omicron variant. Well, guess what? Today there's a new variant of Omicron B2A or some shit now. Okay. We told you guys, told you, told you, told you, told you. Hey, let me glow. Let me glow. Yeah. It's new variant day. Okay. I mean, I still got my Omicron decorations up. I didn't realize I had to change those fuckers out already. Anyway, I shouldn't say already. It's been a little overdue. The COVID 
narrative is falling apart. The vaccines don't clearly work. The face mask situation isn't working. Shit's spreading. It's a virus. It's going to mutate it. You know, we, we, got, we all have to live with it. You know, we got to all be healthy. You know, now they're trying to step back a little bit from a lot of the harsh policies, at least in the UK, they've lifted all their restrictions. Uh, the United States is trying to step back because Biden keeps getting his ass handed to him by the courts because everything King Biden or King Brandon tries to do gets struck down by the courts because he is operating illegally in his prof- in his position, just so everybody knows. I'm surprised he hasn't been impeached yet. Can't wait. Can't wait to January of 23 when the Republicans actually have the numbers to impeach this guy. He's done more illegal shit in the last year than any president that I can think of. And he knows it's illegal. And he keeps saying, well, it'll buy us time until uh, the courts get into it. The narratives are falling apart with COVID. Okay. How do you get out of the COVID situation without it totally destroying you? Change the narrative. Go to war. Start a war. I mean, am I that off base with that? No, I'm not claiming that it's, I'm not claiming and going in down the rabbit hole, the conspiracy on 9-11 or anything, but let's just be honest, George Bush wasn't very liked prior to that. No. Right? And so, you know, again, these guys, these people go by the same playbook over and over and over. If you just take the time to look back at how things and and the sequence of events, every time something like this comes up, if you look before that happens, it's very similar. That's right. It's usually a president or a cabinet that is trending downward or looking at, you know, taking a nosedive for midterms or, I mean, insert any other pivotal point within the political scheme of things. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that there's a major decision made or a major change made, you know, within the regime. Right. But uh, but you brought up, you know, you brought up the COVID thing. So I just want to just clarify for everybody. This is about control still. Oh, of course. Okay. This is about control. And here, this clip right here from old Jen Saki. I don't know why I picked up so many clips of her, just because I do not like listening to her she talk. Looks like the little redhead girl from Charlie Brown. If anybody goes on our Twitter on our Twitter account, I made a comment about <laughs> her in a purple <laughs> dress, and that she should start singing Barney songs. But here you go. Not questioning any response to a recent statement from Senator Sinema's office indicating she would not be in favor of changing the rules and dealing with these two pieces of legislation. Uh, look, I think that uh, everyone is going to have to take a hard look at where they want to be uh, at this moment in history as we're looking at efforts across the country to, uh, pr- to prevent people from being able to exercise their fundamental rights. Preventing people from exercising their fundamental rights. Yep. Here's the thing, man. She misspeaks a lot, and I'm convinced the truth wants to come out. And I don't think she's misspeaking. The truth ultimately wants to come out, and th- that's her slip. She constantly says... You know, uh, the vaccines are killing people when she means the virus is killing people. She's done that numerous on numerous occasions. And I would agree with her. The vaccines are killing people. The truth wants to come out. You know, quick story. So in 20, early 2020, I was talking to a good buddy of mine, and we were talking about the presidential election. And I told him, I, I said, you know, mark my words, if Biden gets elected, we're going to be in a hot war within six months. And this morning I texted him and I said, well, my timing was off a little bit, but when I told you we'd be in a hot war, I was actually right. Wasn't six months, happened to be a little over a year, but we're on the precipice of that because of Democrats. Really, I shouldn't say Democrats, Republicans. They're all they're all part of the same bullshit mold. All the corrupt politicians. All the corrupt politicians have 
one playbook and when when their approval ratings are too low, when shit's not going the way it should, when they need a diversion, what do they do? They start a conflict. They create a conflict. The problem is this conflict, this particular one, could be extremely bad given the fact that we are at our weakest we've been from a military standpoint, from the number of soldiers, given the fact that our allies don't trust us the way they used to trust us. You can blame that on whoever you want, but the fact of the matter is they don't. And nobody fears us. And nobody fears us, okay? They don't. And so we're on the precipice of something that's not good, very dangerous, and we got a, a, a almost an 80-year-old driving the boat that doesn't know where the fuck he is half the time. So I listened to another podcast. It's uh, by a man named uh, Dinesh D'Souza, and he brought up some good points. He The heading on it was how Biden's weakness and family corruption is leading to the conflict in Ukraine. I asked you at the very beginning, he was abruptly pulling troops out of Afghanistan. I don't have the dollar amount. I, I used to know it right off the top of my head, but I don't have the dollar amount of all of the ammo and tanks and you know, military, I don't know if there were weapons or not, but you know, all of the stuff that we ended up leaving in Afghanistan, it was billions of dollars. I, it has to, it's at least in the high millions, right? I mean, it'd be safe to say in this podcast I was listening to, he brought up a stat that we've already sent over 2000 pounds of lethal aid over to that part of the world. Mm -hmm. 200,000 pounds. That's ammunition. That's protective gear. That's all. I mean, all of it. What's going, what are we dealing with right now in this country in terms of inflation? Off the charts. So we can send over 200,000 pounds of lethal aid after we left millions of pounds of armor and everything else in Afghanistan. And you just sent out what a hundred million doses of your vaccine out to the world. Hey, it's safe. It's free and it's effective. I told you the three syllable thing ain't working with me anymore, <laughs> man. It ain't working. But I'm just saying, right? Like, where does this make sense? Right. Where does this make sense? You already had shit in Afghanistan. Why did you pull? <laughs> you're gonna tell me. You're gonna tell me that our as good as our alleged intelligence agencies are in this country that we had no idea that a conflict may be coming over in Ukraine. You're gonna tell me. When they allegedly can know things years in advance and they start to hear the grumblings of things and they're watching and they're monitoring and the CIA this and the FBI that, you're going to tell me that they had no idea that there was issues in that part. You're going right. to tell me that. So you're, wait, on, okay, you, you're jumping ahead on that. You mean to tell me the CIA and the NSA didn't know the Taliban was going to take over Kabul with, and the, the, the Kabul airport within six hours of our withdrawal? Seriously? We were there for how many years? And it took them a day, two days, to basically take over what we've been occupying for the last 10 plus years? Seriously? Longer than that. 18 years, I want to say. And I didn't send you that podcast, but you were right on the you were right on the nugget with what he was thinking too. He said if Biden shows weakness with Ukraine, China will one hundred percent take Taiwan. One hundred percent. I don't even think it's weakness. I think that the moment things get hot between Russia and the US and Ukraine, the moment it goes live, China's gonna say this is our opportunity because you can't fight two wars at the same time. You don't have the resources. 
I think I think it's still I think some of this is in line with trying to bankrupt the world too. Oh, I do too. I, I really do because you don't have the money for a war right now. You don't have the money to defend our own country through our southern border right now. Mm-hmm. And we're dealing again with all the inflation, and he's just printing money. That means absolutely nothing. The dollar means absolutely zero. Right. I saw a post yesterday on Twitter, and uh, one of the people we follow, uh, she's a great follow. Um, she puts on there, she's like, how in the hell can we not secure our southern border, but yet we're going to go 5,000 miles around the globe to secure somebody else's border? And my response to her was, and she was being facetious, obviously, in her question, but my response was, it's simple. There's no there, there's no fi- financial gain by securing our southern border if you're the if you're the Biden administration, securing the southern border they feel would hurt their administration because the whole goal with allowing the southern border to be wide open the way it is is to import voters. That's the sole reason. That is the sole reason they want to, to eliminate voter ID because they want to allow people that are not here in this country legally, they want to allow people that are not U.S. citizens the right to vote because in their mind, if we can basically basically supplant a voter community by importing all these new voters that, the, the, that we hope will vote for us, we could then care less because we're always going to be in power. Okay, Andy Frisella on the Real AF podcast said the other day he views it as being racist. They're using, they're and I wholeheartedly agree with this statement. They're using black people and making it out like it's a racist issue to require voter ID. Okay, every person in this country, every black person in this country that votes is a U.S. citizen. They probably have no problem with showing ID, but they're using the black people, making it a race issue to then basically supplant them with all these people coming across the southern border that don't need ID to vote. So when that happens, they're going to give two shits about the black community at that point. That's sad. That is sad. Well, Talk t- about racist. Well, tattooed face Tom McDonald, even though we love him, obviously he looks like a weirdo half the time, but he even said it in his song Brainwashed. He said, the only wars that get fought are with countries with natural resources we want. Right. Now, here's a question. Why are we so concerned about the natural resources of oil when we're all going to be fueling our cars with fucking rainbows and lollipops, rainbows and unicorn farts? When you shut down the pipeline. Yeah. You shut down the pipeline and then now you're worried about, uh, you know, Russia messing with the oil supply. You should love that because then that pushes more solar panel that pushes more wind and wind energy and, and all this other shit. It's smoke and mirrors is all it is. One of two scenarios, D, I'm going to go back to it. One scenario is you're doing it for financial gain for the energy out of Ukraine. You should be impeached if that's the case. That's treason in my mind. The other scenario, your COVID narrative's falling apart and you need something to distract from it. So you're going to go to war. Either way, you're an evil son of a bitch. Well, here's a clip. It's going to get people killed. Here's, a, here's Mr. AJ Tough Guy himself. You know, telling a group of reporters about something in in Ukraine. Let me conclude by saying there will be enormous consequences if he were to go in and invade, as he could, the entire country, or a lot less than that as well, for Russia, not only in terms of economic consequences and political consequences, but it will be enormous consequences worldwide. 
This would be the largest, if he were to move in with all those forces, it would be the largest invasion since World War II. It would change the world. I got to be honest, anytime I hear him talk, it reminds me of, of, a, of a senile grandpa that people just listen to to hear funny stories at the family reunion. But you should not be running anything. You are not in the, the mental capacity to be running anything, let, let alone what used to be the mo- most powerful country in this, on this world or on this planet. Well, he's wearing a face diaper in that, so that's why. But have you ever noticed? Because he's got lack of oxygen going to his brain, make him stupid. What? No, I'm just saying that's just that just shows his level of he's committed. Have you ever noticed, real quick, on just a side note, and this is, goes into my body language shit that I learned when I was at the police department. Have you ever noticed how much he touches his face and self grooms when he's talking? Mm-mm. Don't next, pay attention. Every, to him. Everybody out there, next time you watch a speech of him, watch how many times he touches his face. You know what touching your face is doing. You're calming yourself. Yeah, it's a, it, it, it's a nervous it's tick a, because you're se- lying. It's a self-soothing mechanism. Right. Right? It's just no different than when you, people start picking lint off of them themselves or whatever. It's because they're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You're the president of the free world. Why are you uncomfortable? Because he knows he's in over his head. It's that simple. That's why, that's why Kamala laughs like a laughing hyena when she gets cornered on something because... She's nervous. She she knows she does not belong there. She knows she's in over her head. It's that simple. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say because our commander in chief has to touch his nose fifteen times during one thirty minute section of a speech because well, he's trying to figure out what's the best answer. He's not giving the truth. That's what it is. Right. Right. It, that's that's what people do. And by uh 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 uh, that's buying time. Well, I know this. I feel sorry for any military personnel out there, any family of military personnel out there also, because honestly, this joker is putting you or your family members in harm's way over nothing, over nothing, to save face, to save his presidency. That's the only thing he's doing. And that's disgusting. And we will we will be over there 100%. I don't know if it'll be 100% Ukraine, but we will be in a, in a conflict before the end of his presidency, dude. Oh. It's going to happen. Totally agree. Matter of time. So here, I'm going to play this. This is our last, uh, our last clip for this episode, but this is Meet the Press on January 23rd. I'm trying to look for my notes here. I forget the guy's name, but um, this is Meet the Press, and they're talking about his approval ratings. And a good Sunday morning. President Biden's news conference on Wednesday was designed to kick off a second-year reset of his presidency. Cap recapture his political identity, if you will. But our, MB, our new NBC News poll suggests Mr. Biden does need a reset because he's lost his identity a bit. He's no longer seen as competent and effective. No longer seen as a good commander-in-chief or perhaps most damaging as easygoing and likable. In fact, just 5% of adults say Mr. Biden has performed better than expected as president. One of the many lowest firsts and fewests in our poll. And as we kick off our Meet the Midterms coverage heading into November, the NBC News political unit developed what we're calling a midterm meter. It's based on previous election cycles. It's basically three poll numbers you need to know best. I'm going to start with the perhaps the most important number to understand uh, the direction of the midterms, its job approval here. 
the president's job approval rating sitting at 43 percent. If you look at history, history shows that kind of presidential approval rating leads to a shellacking for the party in power. How about the mood of the nation? Well, let me show you this right now. Our wrong track the nation's on the wrong track number sitting at 72 percent. Second poll in a row where we've been over 70 percent. This is only the third time in our polls history over 30 years where we've had two tracks that uh, were that off. That, again, would put you in shellacking territory for the party in power. But the one place Democrats are holding up OK is on the question of which party should control Congress. Basically a dead heat, one point advantage there. But most analysts will tell you Democrats have to be about up about four or five due to their uh, due to redistricting in order to actually hold the House here. So that puts it in the middle. But as you can see, Two of our three most important indexes is sitting in shellacking territory right now for the Democrats. This is a dangerous place for the party and the president to be at the one year mark of this presidency. Abject disaster. I got two words. He's a, he, he, abject disaster. Nothing more to say than that. He shouldn't be there to begin with. He was installed because people hated the mean tweeter. People didn't like the fact that Donald Trump hurt people's feelings. So we're going to put this joker in to, to what, calm the masses. And, and ultimately, now, the, honestly, if, 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 you're, if anybody out there listening voted for Biden and you honestly think he's doing a good job, you are not paying attention. It is that simple. I, I, I don't know what else to say to you. You know what I mean? He said that he would he would cure. Well, first of all, he he said during uh, twenty early twenty twenty that any president that lost as many people to a virus as Trump did should resign. Guess what, dipshit? You've lost more people to COVID than Trump did. Why haven't you resigned? Oh, you probably forgot about it. Probably forgot where you were when you said it. Okay, you said you told George Stephanopoulos, "We don't run this government via executive order." What have you done? In one year, you signed 78 executive orders. Now you didn't run. You're, you're, a, you're a total hypocrite. You campaigned on the fact that you were going to cancel people's student loan debt. What do you? Just a week ago, you came out with a quote that said, you know, those of you that owe student loans, you need to chip in and do your fair share. You are nothing but a liar, and you're, you're a simpleton. You're a politician that does nothing more than tell people what you think they want to hear to get elected, and you're still going to do what you want to do that benefits you and your family. He's evil, dude. He's evil. He's an evil person. I don't even know if I can describe somebody that is this incog, like this out of it, as evil. No, he's evil. When you look at how he came up and the things that he did back in the day, bro, he is an evil person. Sure. Him and Fauci go hand in hand. Okay, mm -hmm. they victimized hundreds of millions of people, hundreds yep. of millions of people over the years. Yep. Okay, w through different orders and different thing bills that he signed and things that he supported and the racist bullshit that he put forward back in you know when he's talking about you know the the little black boy and stuff and he made some of those kind of comments. Right. You're gonna tell me that guy is the best representative for that class of people? No, he's yeah. a he's a joke. So we're going to start to walk it out, but I wanted to play this one last clip. It's off of the um, TV show from back in the day called The Newsroom. Anybody that's watched it knows exactly what clip I'm about to play because it's a badass clip. But I really want everybody to listen toward to the full end of this clip because I feel like this encompasses how we are right now in this day. And this was posted back in 2013. Okay. So we're talking almost 10 years ago. And it just is scary that we're still in this place 
If we just listened to messages like this, we would be so much better off. You say why America is the greatest country in the world? Diversity and opportunity. Lewis? Uh, freedom and freedom. So let's keep it that way. Well, why is America not the greatest, the greatest country in the world, Professor? That's my answer. You're saying yes. You're... Let's talk about fine. The... Sharon, the NEA is a loser. Yeah, it accounts for a penny out of our paycheck, but he gets to hit you with it anytime he wants. It doesn't cost money. It costs votes. It costs airtime and column inches. You know why people don't like liberals? Because they lose. If liberals are so fucking smart, how come they lose so goddamn always? Hey. And with a straight face, you're going to tell students that America is so star-spangled awesome that we're the only ones in the world who have freedom? Canada has freedom. Japan has freedom. The UK, France, Italy, Germany, Spain, Australia, Belgium has freedom. So 207 sovereign states in the world, like 180 of them have freedom. All right. And yeah, you, uh, sorority girl, just in case you accidentally wander into a voting booth one day, there's some things you should know. And one of them is... There is absolutely no evidence to support the statement that we're the greatest country in the world. We're seventh in literacy, 27th in math, 22nd in science, 49th in life expectancy, 178th in infant mortality, third in median household income, number four in labor force, and number four in exports. We lead the world in only three categories. Number of incarcerated citizens per capita, number of adults who believe angels are real, and defense spending, where we spend more than the next 26 countries combined, 25 of whom are allies. Now, none of this is the fault of a 20-year-old college student, but you nonetheless are, without a doubt, a member of the worst period, generation period ever, period. So when you ask what makes us the greatest country in the world, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yosemite? Sure used to be. We stood up for what was right. We fought for moral reasons. We passed laws, struck down laws for moral reasons. We waged wars on poverty, not poor people. We sacrificed, we cared about our neighbors. We put our money where our mouths were and we never beat our chest. We built great big things, made ungodly technological advances, explored the universe, cured diseases, and we cultivated the world's greatest artists and the world's greatest economy. We reached for the stars, acted like men. We aspired to intelligence. We didn't belittle it. It didn't make us feel inferior. We didn't identify ourselves by who we voted for in the last election, and we didn't, we didn't scare so easy. <laughs> we were able to be all these things and do all these things because we were informed by great men, men who were revered, First step in solving any problem is recognizing there is one. America is not the greatest country in the world anymore. Enough? He said something on there that said, we used to be because we were informed. We, as a society, have access to the most information we could possibly have access to, ever. But yet, we make decisions based on memes and headlines without reading the content of the articles. And we make decisions based on just your political party. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a red or a blue solution. There's a Democrat or Republican solution, right? This identity politics, it's all bullshit. Anybody out there listening that, that is with us this far and listen to that snippet, if you don't take a step back and realize that all these politicians are doing is playing us, so that they can keep their bank accounts full, 
they can keep their bellies full and they can maintain their power and increase their power, that's all they're doing. And what are we doing? The majority of us out here are sitting back and letting it happen. We're complicit in this theft of our country. It's time to stand up and, and make America great and live it. Live it. Hold other people accountable to it. Instead of just looking for a savior, looking for a Republican savior, looking for a Democrat savior. I'm going I'm to break something to you. Nobody's going to save us but us. The individual, we the people. That's the only way this country gets back on track. And we start by electing people. We start by voting and electing people that aren't lifelong politicians, that have our best interests in mind. Whether that's a Democrat to, to, to supplant a Republican, do it. If that Republican's been in office for 20, 30 years or vice versa, get these people out and start anew. I think we should walk out on that, bro. You said it the best, and I'm not going to be able to say it any better. And I just hope that that clip, I know that it was an actor and all that, but I mean, everything he said in there just hit me, right? Yeah. When I listened to that, I sent that to you this morning. You were like, whoa, dude, where did, where did that come from, right? Right. We got to get back to being America. When I, when I think, when I close my eyes and I think about what America is, I've said it on a previous podcast, it's me standing in my grandma's front yard and all the neighbors are outside talking. Everybody knows each other's name. Everybody knows what school each other's kids go to. Everybody knows, you know, it's that community. We have to get back to being a community of people, not a bunch of individuals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with that, we got to also recognize when we're being fed a, a, a bunch of propaganda versus being told the truth. And over the last two years plus, We've been fed nothing but propaganda, nothing but propaganda. And it's time, you know, uh, we're holding a lot of people accountable. You look at a lot of the ratings on the, uh, on the, the mainstream media, their, their ratings are shit. You know, Joe Rogan has more, more views per episode at 11 million. The next person closest to Rogan in Nielsen ratings is Tucker Carlson at 3 million. That says something. What that says is people are sick and tired of being fed propaganda, but there's not enough of us. There needs to be more of us that stand up and reject the bullshit, reject the censorship, and reject these senseless wars that we're going to get into for what? So, so a select few can get rich off a little bit uh, off of a little bit more shares of oil, right? So that the elite that created the COVID mess can, can walk it back and have it disappear into the background as if it never fucking happened. After their pockets are full of shit. Exactly. So with that, everybody, do what you got to do. Share the episode. Connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of our shit. If, you, if, if there's a topic or a comment you want to make, feel free to email us at uncommonpodcast at outlook.com. And with that, stay dangerous, everybody. See you.